Welcome to episode 145 of Telepractice Today with Kim Dutro-Allen and Dr. Todd Houston. Hey, welcome back to another episode. Um, my tip this week hopefully helps someone other than just me, <laughs> but maybe it's just me that needs this. Um, I've been really thinking about like when we've talked about this on the podcast before, kind of the time blocking. And I feel like when you work from home, it's so easy to get distracted by things. Like no one's going to walk into my office and see that I was on my phone checking Instagram before between students and or like that I ran to change the wash or, you know, spent time cleaning up. So I think just having that dedicated time where you're like, I am just doing this right now, you'll be so surprised at how much you actually get done. <laughs> like oh, yeah. I have had to physically put my phone in a drawer so I'm not mindlessly picking it up between clients. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, all of my soap notes got done. And oh, look how many progress reports I finished. <laughs> Instead mm -hmm. of like just having that, I don't know, that um, time, you know, seepage vacuum, whatever you want to call it, of like all of a sudden I've lost track of how much time I've spent doing these other things while I was waiting for a student or a client or had someone cancel on me. So that that is my tip. And maybe it's just me that needs it of put your phone in a drawer while you're working, even if it's from home <laughs> to get mm -hmm. things done. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I have here on my little desk here, I have a little timer uh, that you can set for however long you want. And I often use that because I say, okay, for the next 30 minutes, this is what I'm working on. Right. And and just tune everything else out. And I focus on that. And yep. it's very, very helpful to get more things done. Right. Because it makes you focus. Yeah. And I've heard that too, is like some people are like, well, I use my phone for that. But how many times have we all like picked up our phone to mm -hmm. do something like that? And then you're like, wait a minute, I don't remember what I picked up my phone for. <laughs> now I've looked up these 10 other things. That's right. So I think too, just having that, instead of having a device that does everything, have a device that does just one thing that you need it to do so you don't get sucked in. That's right. Or you're like, the, we have the Google HomePod. I'll just say, right. hey, Google He's going to re respond because I just said that, <laughs> um, you know, set a timer for 30 minutes or whatever, you yeah. know, and then I'm working on something. So I've done that as well, too. And that always works pretty well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it helps mm -hmm. us focus. There's too many distractions, uh, our phone being one of them. And uh, when we can focus, we're just going to be more productive and we're going to feel better because we're getting yep. stuff done. Yep. And speaking of getting some stuff done and maybe looking for a new job, maybe. Yep. That would and be spending something. less time on your phone looking for a new job. There you go. <laughs> we have someone on today, Annie Mork, and she has uh, a website called Jobs for Therapists. Is it Jobs yep. for Therapists? And it's a job board that she's developed, and she's a speech language pathologist, but it's uh, for all allied health professions, or most of them. So if you're looking for a position, go to Jobs for Therapists and learn more about what Annie's doing. So let's give her a listen. Hi, are you creative? Do you want to give a webinar or teach a course? Maybe you're a writer. Do you want to create a blog? 
Maybe you have an idea for a podcast. Whatever your passion is, we at 3C Digital Media Network want you to be a content creator so we can bring your ideas to life. So, to get started, visit our website at 3cdigitalmedianetwork.com and sign up to be a content creator. We look forward to seeing your passions come to life on our platform. Well, Annie, welcome to the podcast. Uh, would you mind sharing more about your background? Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, I am a speech therapist. I graduated in 2017, um, and I've had quite a wild ride as a speech therapist. I've held lots of different positions. I primarily work in the schools, um, but I've done everything from you know being an actual speech therapist for a district to travel therapy, um, working a pediatric outpatient setting, and then now working um, as a remote speech therapist for schools in a completely different state than where I'm at right now. <laughs> Kim knows how that is. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so how, how did you uh, find speech language pathology? Yeah. So, you know, I could say I found it way back when I was four years old. I was one of those kids that had speech therapy way back in the day. And um, mm -hmm. I absolutely loved it, but it wasn't something that I thought of as a career path. Mm -hmm. um, so I started my undergrad as a uh, math secondary ed major uh, with a minor in computer information systems, you know, had the whole gamut was going to be mm -hmm. a high school math teacher. I was very pumped about it. And I got about halfway through, I was about a sophomore and it was taking me forever to do my homework. And I turned to an um, upper grad student and I was like, am I dumb? Like, why, why is this taking me so long to do it? And he was like, oh, that's being a math major. Like, isn't it fun? And I was like, no, <laughs> like, this is not no. fun. <laughs> like, I, I am out. I don't want to do this. And um, a gal who was a year ahead of me in school was like, oh, I'm a communication sciences and disorders major. Um, you should look mm -hmm. into that. And I was like, what does that do? And she's like, I'm a speech therapist or planning to be a speech therapist. And I was like, well, I know that I've done that. And so <laughs> switched my major, you know, ended up with a minor in math at the end of it. Um, so mm -hmm. it wasn't all for nothing. And just started on the path to be a speech therapist. That's that's awesome. You would um, probably upset our typical profile of a GRE uh, youth yes. student because <laughs> they 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 score really high in verbal and really low in analytical. Oh, you probably score really high. I bombed that math portion. Probably scored high in both. It was so bad. I yeah, even took it, it was... twice to try and get better at it and it just didn't change. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I fell for my um my peers. I was like, I was in statistics at the time, so the statistics mm -hmm. portion wasn't too difficult. And I was like, wow, I think the GRE was made for me. I was like, this worked out really well. So um, but a lot of compassion for my fellow speech therapists out there. Um, yeah, when I uh, took it, I hadn't had I hadn't done any math classes since my like junior year of high school. When yeah. I took the GRE. So it was like, it was gone. I couldn't remember any of it. <laughs> and it's kind of hard too, because yeah. you're thinking of like the students who are going to get their master's in mathematical sciences or whatever. Right. And so they're testing their skills and you're like, we like, I, I compute percentages day to day. Like that's my math yep. right now. Mm -hmm. Yep. And mm -hmm. usually I have a calculator do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to double check. <laughs> yep. That's right. <laughs> uh, I, when I worked on my doctor, we had to do four um, stat courses, and uh, it was not fun. It was not fun. Yeah. And and we kept telling each other, because we'd all meet in groups and try to figure this stuff out. And we had to do all these formulas, take these data sets and analyze them and, mm -hmm. and do a lot by hand. And it's like, 
there are computer programs that will figure this out for us. Yeah. <laughs> why are we doing this? You know, why are we <laughs> yes. having to turn in all this math that we don't know how to do? No. Yeah. So it was usually one person knew how to do it. We all kind of crowded around her and uh, begged her to help us. So, yes. <laughs> uh, so we all are doing things we can actually do now. So that's good. Um, yes. <clears throat> so, um, in, so talk to us about some of your, your uh, positions you had. You said you, you've been in the schools, mm-hmm. you did traveling. That's yeah. always exciting. How it was, was so exciting? Was it, was it uh, what you had hoped for? Um, I would say it was what I hoped for and even more. Um, oh, nice. I started doing it in October of 2020. So it was kind of the Ooh. middle of the pandemic. <laughs> and I had transitioned from speech therapy into this human resources role. I was like, I need a break. Like I want to explore something different. And, you know, I started that position like April 1st. So it's like, we kind of just started in the pandemic and I was running reports alone in my house. And I was like, this is so boring. I don't like this. <laughs> and this recruiter reached out to me and was like, Hey, you know, speech therapist out in California making X amount of dollars. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like that's an incredible amount of money. And I was missing the kids, mm-hmm. that interaction. And so I was like, yeah, let's do it. And so moved out to San Francisco, October of 2020. I was there for 10 wow. months in their schools. I, you know, coming from South Dakota, I didn't bring a car with me. (laughs) I learned how to bike everywhere and take the train. And I lived in a co-living house. So I had like 15 roommates right off the bat. And we're just all like quarantining together when things would get really (laughs) rough with the pandemic. And um, it was a lot of fun. It was actually my first experience then with um, teletherapy because, you know, the schools would get shut down kind of like everyone. And we'd have to start seeing kids remotely and then we get pulled back into the schools. So that's where I started and, you know, didn't really know where I want to go after that. And so was like, let's keep traveling and went to Phoenix, Arizona after that, um, was there for a little bit, but then at the time I'd met my, um, now husband, but we were starting to date and we got engaged. And so I left that Mm -hmm. contract early to then move to Dallas where he was at, we were doing the distance thing. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so did a travel contract in Dallas and now I work remotely from Denver. (laughs) (laughs) Happily just married everywhere, now. right? <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, you can kind of tell the girl from South Dakota went like west and was like yep. sunshine. Kind of got back out. somewhere in the middle. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And and those are great cities. I mean, San Francisco. I mean, that's just yeah. incredible city. Um, yeah, Phoenix as well. You know, just great different different culture in both mm-hmm. and 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 Dallas as well. So you, yes, you, you've been around. <laughs> I have. Yes. Yes. I say I bring a lot of experience to a position, um, but I haven't been with a company very long, you know, just because mm-hmm. with travel, you can, you can bop around, you can finish your yeah. school contract. And then you, you know, when I moved to Dallas, I just switched travel companies because, you know, the company I was with didn't have contracts in Dallas. And I was like, well, my soon to be husband is there. I, I need to be mm-hmm. there. And so, yeah, a lot, a lot of jumping around. <laughs> Yeah. I love, though, that your first experience with telepractice was when you had moved to California and we're still doing telepractice in California. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you had to move across the country to do it. Actually, yeah. It's how you get that travel rate. You're like, I just I just have to be in the city and get that good travel rate money. But you're absolutely right. 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 I was remote. <laughs> <laughs> so how what was that first experience like? Was it... Uh 
Did, did the school district have a certain platform they used? We used Zoom and they mm-hmm. gave us ultimate SLP accounts. And, you know, you kind of pull up your mm-hmm. boom cards as well with it. And mm-hmm. you just kind of hope for the best. And <laughs> I honestly did not hey, like That's them. better than what I've heard in other places. So that's yeah. great. That's fair. Yeah. They mm-hmm. were they, they were doing what they could at the time. And, you know, everyone was hopeful to come back in person. Um, but I did not like it. And I was like, this is Ooh. not for me. Therapy is supposed to be in person. Like, you know, I always pride myself in my behavior management and you have kids, mm-hmm. and, you know, I was seeing preschoolers and they would just like shut mm-hmm. the laptop and you're like, <laughs> I have, I can't yep. do anything now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, didn't, didn't enjoy it, which is why I continued doing travel therapy and was like, put me in the schools. That's where I'm at. You know, my specialty I would say is with working with kids with autism. And so, mm-hmm. um, a lot of that just works better when you're in person, depending on, you know, where they're at on the spectrum. Right. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> yeah. So, so what brought you back after your first, you know, I, someone recently has posted that tell pandemic teletherapy was not real. Te- I mean, it was real teletherapy, but not yeah. how teletherapy is supposed to be. So what brought you back? Yes. So got married. My husband has a wonderful finance work from home job. And I was like, I think I want to work from home too. Like I'd see him just kind of like get up, go for a morning walk and, you know, sit down at his computer. And I was like, okay, let's try it again. And, um, so applied to, you know, presence now and work for them. And it makes a world of a difference when you're with a company that's set up to be providing those services remotely and you're being provided clients that are meant to be seen remotely as well. And um, I would say the pros of just having a coworker in the same space, I think it felt very alone during that time that I was like, I was just in my room doing like wheels on the bus on YouTube and just like, it was just (laughs) me hanging out. And so having that quote unquote, like coworker made a big difference for me. You know, I hear from speech therapists often that they're like, we're very social beings. We love to talk. We Mm -hmm. love to share things. And so being able to have someone to, you know, jump out to and be like, ah, like this just happened or whatever has made a big difference for me. And I, I would be hard pressed to go back to in-person, I would say. (laughs) Yeah. I think a lot of people have that reaction now, you know, with, with everything that, how it's set up with, like you're saying, when you have a great platform, Mm -hmm. not having to struggle with it, then it's, it's hard to go back. Yeah, absolutely. So um, now are you seeing just a, a range of children? Is that it? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I see, you know, for the district I'm with, I see elementary, middle school and high schoolers, which the middle school Ooh. and high schoolers are actually new to me. You know, I'd always worked in elementary. Um, so mm-hmm. definitely feeling those challenges there as well. But um you know, it runs quite well. We have, you know, the um, aides at the school that go and get the kids, they get them logged in, they teach them how to use the mouse and the different functions on the keyboard. And so it works quite smoothly. Um, I was really surprised. I think I'm at like five different schools within this district. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that seems like (laughs) a lot. (laughs) But, Mm -hmm. you know, for the little chunks that I see at each school, it works out really well. Yeah, a lot better than it would, you know, having to keep everything in your car and driving between five Mm -hmm. different schools in one school district. Exactly. I remember my first job on my CFY. um, I had 83 kids on my caseload, which was just like way too many. And I was at two different schools and I was like, I don't know Mm -hmm. how to do this. And, you know, definitely built those skills where like you could throw 70 kids at me and I'm like, great. Like we know how to handle this. We did it before. It's still not, I would say, best practice, but 
to then be able to be in this position of like, okay, I know how to navigate different schools. You know, this case, it seems a lot better than where I was at, you know, four or five years ago. And so I know Kim is now also doing some middle school and high school students. So um, what, what have been your challenges with those middle school and high school students? You know, the games that I thought were super fun with elementary kids, middle schoolers are like, no thanks. (laughs) (laughs) They're like not impressed whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Um, So it takes a little bit more to keep them engaged, I would say. Um, But I also enjoy that they, they have more of that like back and forth. That's like, we can have conversations and, you know, I'm in Colorado, but they're in California. And so you know, I can say I'm in Denver. And one of the kids is like, I've been to Denver. You're like, okay, cool. Let's talk about that. And you can share those things. You know, with mm-hmm. my high schoolers, I was able to talk to them and be like, what do you want to do after graduation? And they're, you know, sharing about their classes that they're in. And it's like, feels more, it's just that, you know, higher level of what's happening in their life. You know, I absolutely think the elementary kids that I see, the, the problems and, you know, things that they're facing in school are absolutely real, but then you get to see them develop and be at that point where they're like, you know, what do I want to do for work? And I had a kid tell me, you know, he's like, I, I want to be a truck driver. And I was like, awesome. Like, how can we work on your goals to aid you to get to that point of being a truck driver someday? And it's just really cool to get to see. Yeah, I would agree. Yep. I, although sometimes I still get surprised that my kids do want to play games in that middle school and high school level. They'll be yes. like, where's the Uno? We want to play Uno. And be like, really? We got to play Uno? I had other stuff we were going to do today. <laughs> so, right. did, or, or one kid today, I was like, I got a list of articulation words. Should we just read them off? And he's like, no, I want to play um I want to play tic-tac-toe. And I was like, okay, we'll play tic-tac-toe with them. So don't throw out all your games, would be my thing. I always get surprised. But yeah, I've seen that same thing, like just finding what they're interested in and what, you know, really sparks them. It has such an impact on them. I think even more than the kids that are little, because like, you know that you're going to be able to like pull out like, you know, Paw Patrol or trains or robots and like, You've got everyone's attention, but when you have to find that, like, just one thing that really sparks them, like, I had one student that I started making him make all of his uh, complex and compound sentences. I was like, okay, you got to give me one on trucks. His teacher told me he loves, like, three things in life. It was, like, trucks, football, and (laughs) four-wheelers. So all of our sentences that he had to make, instead of it just being, like, random stock photos or something that I had pulled up. They were all about, okay, tell me something about your truck. Tell me something about your four-wheeler. Tell me something about football. Most of them ended with, like, Ford suck or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) But, hey, we got those conjunctions in there. (laughs) I would say that's such a good point. You learn so much as a speech therapist. Like, working with the kiddos, I'm like, I know so many names of dinosaurs now that I would have (laughs) never known before doing this. I was like what was it? There was one that was like a gigantosaurus. And I was like, that, that has to be made up. And they're like, no, it's a dinosaur. And I like Googled it. It's a real dinosaur. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. You learn a lot of random subjects. <laughs> yep. Yep. I have two. I have a couple kids that are at a tech school and we're working on presentations. So I was trying to give them something that like would be easy and fun to do a presentation. I was like, tell me your favorite food or like convince me to buy this candy bar. And they just like rolled their eyes at me. And he's like, the one student was like, I want to talk about why we should still try and have an international space station. <laughs> 
And I was like, that was the persuasive essay that, or like presentation that he wanted to give me. And I was like, okay, sounds good. I was like, I tried to give you guys stuff, some easy things. And they both looked at me and were like, this is what's easy for us. (laughs) I was like, shifted my thinking a lot. But yeah, I'm learning all sorts of things from them. (laughs) That's fantastic. (laughs) I've asked the students to teach me all the slang words that I asked my grad students too, but sometimes (laughs) they are kind of left stunned with some of the things that the high school students that we work with sometimes come out with was like, what does that mean? (laughs) What did you say? Yeah. So, uh, so that's always uh, an education because they use those terms kind of keep changing or keep me come up with a different meaning for an old term that used to be cool. Now it's not that kind of thing. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Makes my head hurt trying to keep up with it all. I like that. You could do a trade-off. Like I teach you a vocabulary word. You teach me a vocabulary word. Slogs at school appropriate. (laughs) That's an excellent call. I just got another um, high schooler on my schedule and I'm like, okay, what are we going to work on? And she's pretty high. So I'm like, I love that idea. We might just teach each other some things. (laughs) It's like when I went to work for a school for the deaf many years ago, I asked the older students to teach me all the dirty signs. So when they were saying... (laughs) bad words um although you know so but yeah they they have those signs as well so i needed to know what and some of them are local you know they're like local signs that get used for different things so i had to like understand what those were kind of yeah thing. like a dialect yeah. yeah so i had to understand what they were saying to me and yeah. it wasn't very nice sometimes um <laughs> so you have any a new uh opportunity that you've developed a new uh, outlet for yourself share what that is because i think a lot of people will be interested in using your services yeah so i recently started a website called jobs for therapists um, which stemmed from my background hunting for jobs very frequently Um, i found that while i was searching Sometimes random jobs would show up, you know, despite putting in speech therapy, speech therapy Mm -hmm. manager, SLP, autism, and either nothing would show up in regards to what I was searching for, or it'd be like this aerospace company showing up. And I was like, I cannot be an accountant for this aerospace company. Why is that Mm -hmm. coming up here? And then as I transitioned to um, remote work, I wanted to be able to search, you know, I can work in it was five different states and now it's four different states. And so it's like, how can I search for all these different states and like find these different positions, but I would put in remote and there'd be some, you know, really high paying job in California where I'm licensed. And I was like, that's awesome. How are they paying that much? And then you read through the description and it's home health. And so it's, Mm. you know, it's, yeah, it's not in an office, but it's also not a job I can do while I'm in Colorado either. And so Mm. I wanted to create an area where our profession could come together and, um, find jobs more easily, you know, especially for new grads. If you're trying to find that CFY position that, you know, it's like, well, who's hiring for CFY, you mm-hmm. know, so we have different tags for that where it's, you know, we're hiring new grads we're hiring CFY. Um, so I designed it around the therapy world. And so it's designed for speech therapists, occupational therapists, physical therapists, and psychologists, you know, we're hoping to branch, you know, to ABA and RBT as well, but that's kind of our mm-hmm. main core in our focus right now. That's awesome. So explain how it works. Does the 
facility that has a position open list it with you on the board or how, how does it work? Absolutely. So yeah, we have different companies sign up us and they um, pay to post their jobs with us. And so they can add in all their details, they can get their company info. And so the job listed on our site um, for, you know, it's 30 days at a time, you know, we'd love if jobs got filled within 30 days, but mm-hmm. um, you just see, especially for speech therapy, there's just such a wide need in our profession. So yep, they mm-hmm. sign up and they um, post their jobs. And then as a job seeker, um, you just create an account with us. And so you can just, you can still see the jobs if you don't have an account, but to apply, you sign in and you can mm-hmm. use your LinkedIn resume and they can just import over and you can, you know, send it that way. Some companies will have you then like, it'll link you to their site and you can apply on their site there as well. Mm-hmm. We also have a talent network um, where if you're a new grad or you're just like, Hey, it's in the school year, I'm looking for a new position. You can submit your information to our talent network. So then a recruiter can say, Hey, I want to look for a speech therapist who's licensed in California and they mm-hmm. can find that person that way. You know, as a speech therapist, I probably get calls multiple times a week, yeah. if not more mm-hmm. <laughs> with recruiters being like, Hey, you know, it's uh, even, I got one today for a position for like from now until the end of the school year. And they're like, name your price. Like we need someone to the end of the school year. And I was like, wow. Lloyd, thank you. Um, but, but let me tell you about this website where you can advertise. Mm. <laughs> Honestly, my husband's like, you should just text about it. Like, he's like, you have them basically coming to you. And I was like, right. You're not wrong. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, just trying to connect people and, you know, with the goal of the talent network is that you help those recruiters find those people who really do want to be reached out to and hear yeah. about those jobs. And, you know, for those of us that are employed and we're like, Hey, like I'm good. You know, hopefully it reduces that number of, you know, outreach on their end. Calls that we have. Yeah. I still remember being in the car with my sister when I got one of those calls and she just looked at me with disgusted, like you have people calling you to give you a job. I was like, yep, thanks. And she actually is the one that told me that I should be a speech therapist. So it was like, <laughs> thanks for picking this field for me. I will always have a job. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, you know, my husband was looking for a job a year ago before he got this wonderful work from home job. And you know, he's like reaching out to all these recruiters and trying to find, you know, someone, you know, that's, you know, knows what he does and he can, they can translate what he does. And I was like, I get like five calls a week, text, right. emails, everything. And he was like, it's not fair. I was like, <laughs> it's just different. <laughs> yep. So right, right now the job market is pretty hot. Would you say? I mean, it's, there's, there's more jobs than people to fill them. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's basically like the gist of it is that there's just such a high need specifically for speech therapy. I would say the other therapy positions as well, PT, OT, psych, um, but speech therapy is probably the one I see that just has the most need. You know, there's some companies I'm looking at their site. I'm like, Oh, it'd be great if their jobs came over to our site so we can keep them all in one place. And they'll mm-hmm. have like 4,000 job openings, you know, throughout the U S and it's honestly just incredible. The amount that there is out there. And so with our site, our goal was to keep costs low for um, the recruiters and the companies looking for um, employees. Um, When I was doing my market research, we saw that, you know, it could cost upwards of $300 a job posting for these companies. And I was like, yikes, like there are job postings that have probably been open this entire school year that haven't been filled. That's a lot of money to put into that. And looking at a lot of the private practices out there, you know, I've considered before opening a private practice, Mm -hmm. it probably doesn't fit you know, with what I'm doing right now, but if you have a private practice, you know, how much money are you going to spend on posting a job? And so 
you know, hopefully it's a way to give back to also the profession and be like, you know, there's costs for, you know, hosting the site and all of that, but we're not trying to nickel and dime people and be like, you have to spend hundreds of hundreds of dollars to try and recruit this talent. You know, we want it to be feasible, you know, as you're starting your practice, you know, there's a lot of therapists out there starting their own travel therapy companies too, Mm because they want the profession, you know, for us to get higher pay rates and be compensated well, well, they're not going to have that same amount of money as a really big company to spend on advertising. Right, right. And so what are you seeing now as being the the hottest place of employment? Is it schools? Is it hospitals? Is it rehab facilities, especially for speech language pathologists? Yeah, I would say schools is probably the biggest one. Um, you know, you even being in the bigger cities like San Francisco, Phoenix, and Dallas, you still kind of have that exodus of people leaving those school positions. And so, you know, they're looking for those remote positions, but there's just a lot of vacancy there. I think for, you know, if you're maybe a skilled nursing facility or a private practice, you're like, well, we don't have enough therapists, or we're not going to take on more clients. So they can kind of scale there. Whereas if you have kids right. moving to a school district, it's like, we had 10 more kids come on. They need to you, can't, you can't just tell them, no, we're full. <laughs> exactly. And then the school districts are on the hook for providing those services. And, you know, I'm sure Kim can share that there's some school districts that are seeing legal actions taken by families mm-hmm. because their kids aren't right. getting services. And so I would say schools is the biggest one right now. Yeah, that's why I just had someone contact me for a like a private position seeing a kid who wasn't getting services in the school because they didn't have a speech therapist. And I'm like, well, first contact the school and see if they want to contract with me because otherwise they're going to get sued again because I know this district and they've already been sued and lost once. (laughs) They're going to get sued again for not providing these services. So they're much better off like just providing a speech therapist who can work remotely, then they are getting sued. <laughs> this is right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. right. So Annie, what are, what are some, um, what are some recommendations or suggestions for that individual who's looking for a new position? Maybe they've just graduated and they're starting their career. Um, what are some recommendations you'd make in terms of how would they start that process? You know, resume wise, Mm-hmm. interviewing, what would you recommend? Yeah, I would say, you know, I've seen a few resumes in the past <laughs> few months and, you know, as a new grad, I think it's really tempting to just kind of list all this information that you've done and there's not really a specific rhyme or reason behind it. So mm-hmm. um, I, you know, it's always good to get a second set of eyes on your resume and just make sure it's clean and concise, you know, having just straight text on it can be Mm -hmm. a lot for an employer. And sometimes, you know, I've looked at resumes before in previous positions and just been like, that's busy, like moving on, especially if you have a lot of people applying to that position. If it's a really desirable one, they might not take the time to read it. Now we are really needed in the field. Mm -hmm. So they might just take whoever's coming along. So you might still have a shot there, but I would say the best, you know, if you can outline what you do, what you do well, what you bring to the table, even as a new grad, you're going to have skills that someone else might not have. And they're going to have skills that you don't necessarily have. You know, mine was always behavior management. I was like, I just know how to do behaviors in my classroom. It's just not an issue. And so I would, you know, talk to that. I did research on kids with autism. So I'd speak to that. And because I was applying to school jobs, you know, autism is quite prevalent in the school. So schools would say, Hey, she has autism experience. We got to bring her in. You know, now if I were going to a skilled nursing facility, they'd be like, that doesn't really translate. We're going to choose someone maybe with, you know, swallowing experience. 
So speaking to those interests that you have Mm -hmm. um, and those experiences that you had in grad school, what clients did you have on your clinical caseload is going to be a huge benefit. And then beyond that, go ahead. um, Yeah. Going on to, you know, interviewing, being able to, you know, you have to be your advocate, you know, it's, you know, speaking to your resume, but then being able to elaborate on that and saying, you know, this is what I did. This is, you know, think of those specific examples of, you know, most likely you probably had a client. You're like, this client was difficult. And I, you know, this is how I handled that. They want to see that you can be independent, especially in the schools. They are kind of like, Hey, you're coming in. Good luck. (laughs) And there's a lot of like, you know, micromanagement there. So if you mm-hmm. present yourself as like, I can be independent. I know what I'm doing. I know how to find resources to help myself. They're going to love that. Great. Great. Yeah. Any okay. tips for, I feel like um, the longer that I've been in this field, the more that I'm discovering, like, it's not just whether they want me, it's figuring out if I want to work mm. there too. <laughs> Cause yes. I feel like a lot of times I've just taken the first job I could get everywhere and now I can be more picky. So any tips with that, like figuring out whether there's a, you know, work culture and things like that, that you want to work in. Yeah. Uh, that's a fantastic question. And I don't even know if I have it figured out <laughs> um, to be completely honest. That's well, and that's the other thing that's good about doing telepractice is because it is easy for me to leave if I'm not having if it's not working, you know, mm-hmm. and and working in schools, you always have that natural break of like, okay, it's summer now. Do I want to go back? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do I want to keep doing this? And knowing that you don't have to physically move to take a different position. So I guess that would be my one tip is that, you know, telepractice allows you to find that perfect match without having to physically go somewhere else. Absolutely. Yeah. I completely agree. I think I wrote a LinkedIn post recently about that, where I was like, at the end of the school year, you can be like, that didn't work out. You gave it a, you know, a good try. It was like nine, 10 months. And you're like, that didn't work out. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I would say, ask about caseload numbers. That's a big one. And then Mm -hmm. making sure you figure out like, okay, if my caseload gets above 55 students, what happens? What is your plan? And Mm -hmm. I think oftentimes, you know, the people interviewing their answer will kind of tell you if like, Hey, we're going to be here and support you. We're not going to let it go above, you know, X number of kids or X number of hours. And then it's like, okay, you know, then you have to know that, you know, is it going to be in the contract that it says that, you know, following up on that, or is that something that you need to follow up on kind of knowing your rights with that as well. Um, I see often on like Facebook, you know, travel therapy pages and they'll be like, this was in my contract. And like, they're, you know, screwing me over or whatever. And it's like, they're not trying to, the company's trying to protect themselves and it is your job to read the contract. So I always advocate for reading whatever contract you're signing. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what it says, find someone that can help you figure out what it says. And I think that'll save you a lot of headache. Yeah. One of the things that um, was recommended for my grad students, and I have someone come in and talk about you know, getting their first, you know, position and, and how to negotiate a little bit. And because it's, it's really the time that you have the most leverage is when you are interviewing and get offered the position and then getting things in writing. But uh, we've also talked to them about, you know, cleaning up their social media mm, yep. <laughs> and making sure their uh, email address isn't like, hot lips at gmail.com, which I know <laughs> have no idea who that is. But if you have something like that in your email address, then you need to 
maybe have a more professional email address uh, and, and just kind of do that. And students have said, you know, I have stuff back when I was in high school that maybe doesn't look so good. <laughs> it was like spring break of, you know, whatever, some year and like, well, just take them down if you think it's, you know, uh, not going to look favorably, you know, because people are going to go onto Facebook sites. They're going to Google you. They're going to look at social media. And if right. you are ranting about something and, and going off on something, it may not put you in the best light. So try to delete those. Yeah. And I'd say that's an excellent point too, just in working in the schools, you know, like Kim and I work here with high schoolers, we have a lot of access to technology. And so it's a lot of like making my Instagram page completely private. Like you have to request to follow me, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't know if they're trying to find me. I don't know if parents are trying to look me up or whatever, but you know, well, that's, mm-hmm. that's the first thing we do. You know, right. that's the first thing we do. Anytime we hear someone's name, see someone's name, are going to meet somebody new, at least me maybe it's just me it's not just me that that's the first thing i do is look up their social media i want to see can i follow them you know everything about their social media that i can find so you really have to be aware of that Mm -hmm. yeah definitely And, and i this is just something that i think happened to me i don't have proof of this but uh i had posted about an illness about five years ago and i think that prevented me from getting offers for another position i don't have proof but it was on my social media feed and i'm sure they found it i mean it's just the conversations i had during the interview process and and they didn't ever ask me directly but i got the feeling they knew about that yeah and i didn't tell them so the only way they knew about it is that they saw it on social media yeah. so uh it, that was an interesting experience now i I could probably sue them, but if you had proof, knows? yes. If yeah. I had proof, something in writing yeah. that they, he's, you know, had this diagnosis five years ago, he's probably going to die <laughs> or, <laughs> or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, uh, you know, that's something that came up that I experienced, I think. Yeah, that's a side of it I wouldn't have thought of. So I'm glad you mm-hmm. said that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So schools, the hot, uh, job right now working in the schools. Mm-hmm. Um, what's sort of the second tier? Will it be like, will it be medical centers, rehab, maybe rehab companies? Probably more rehab um, is what we'd see. Um, I would say it's still pretty competitive for like pediatric medical settings. Um, mm-hmm. Don't see a lot of those jobs come through. Um, so, yeah, definitely still the rehab um, and skilled nursing facilities is probably oh, yeah. the mm-hmm. big one with that. Yep. Um, and probably across the board, you know, PT, OT, SLP for all of those. Right. Right. Yeah. And what would you do? Do you have any recommendations? We, we sort of talked about the new graduate. What about someone, you know, like I just said, someone like me or, you know, someone who's been in the field for a while, any suggestions there about um, changing positions and using the site? Yeah. Um, so yeah, always, you know, I always say, you know, if you're not happy somewhere, find somewhere that you are, so you're going to connect more with, you know, what you're doing. And so I'd say, you know, find those areas that you do want to work. in. if you're like, I really like this specific population, I could mm-hmm. almost guarantee you there's probably going to be a position out there for that population it might not right. be in the city that you're at, but there's right. probably going to be a position out there or someone looking for your specific skill set. So again, it's, is that advocating for yourself and saying, I have this specific set of, you know, 
qualities that I can bring to the table. You know, I would say, you know, finding ways to be a creator in your space, whether, you know, it's like creating things on teachers, pay teachers, putting out, you know, free classes, webinars, Mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. I think companies see that and they're like, oh, like this is a leader in their area. They're putting things out there. They're giving back, they're doing things. And that's really attractive. And you can almost just attract those things to yourself as well Mm -hmm. by putting yourself out there. And it's scary to be vulnerable and do those things. Um, But I would say in my experience of putting myself out there with jobs for therapists, it's been received really well. And, you know, people from your community, the speech therapy community, PTOT, whatever, they're going to gather around you and be like, yeah, like, this is awesome. You got to check this out um, and be a part of it. So definitely, you know, honing in on those skills that you have, but let's say you want to change to a completely different area of specialty. I would say, you know, emphasize, you know, that growth mindset that, you know, you're willing to take on new things. You know, how did you you know, let's say, you know, for me, swallowing is not an area for me. <laughs> I have no yeah. passion for it, but if I wanted to switch to that, <laughs> you know, how do I transition to that? And it'd probably be, oh, I took these extra classes. I shadowed, you know, a peer from grad school that is in that area. You know, I am willing to start from the ground up and relearn these skills, you know, and be mentored, you know, even though I've been in the field for a little bit and, you know, you might have to start in a position that's not as ideal. That is just someone needs a swallowing specialist and you're like, great, that's going to be me. And then you can move from there. Yeah. And I think, um, I was just talking to one of my students about this today, but the emphasizing those soft skills too, that mm-hmm. like, maybe I don't have experience with this particular area, but I've problem solved before, or I've created something from scratch before those kinds of things too, is what came to mind. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a fantastic point that, you know, people want to know that you're going to get along with your other coworkers, that there's not going to be squabbles or issues that you can figure out a schedule together. And, you know, you can pull a kid or, you know, see a kid in a nursing home when PT isn't trying to see them, et cetera, you can collaborate on things and um, they're going to, that's going to resonate really well with them. Sure. And are people seeking more, more of the work-life balance, do you think? I think so. And I think we're seeing that with the remote work as well, that, you know, kind of like how my husband works remotely. And I'm like, I want to as well. You see all these tech companies and it looks really nice. You know, I don't have the flexibility to travel around like some people where they're like, I'm going to go to New York for a week. I'm like, I'm not licensed there. I can't go there, but I can at least, you know, work from home. And I think that's where a lot of, you know, especially schools are seeing if we want our you know students to be seen, we have to bring that in. And so, even just with the number of jobs open that I think companies are having to shift to work-life balance, because how are they competitive with a company that's saying, Hey, you know, productivity at this rehab center is 50% and we're requiring 75%. Mm-hmm. Most people are going to choose that 50% and potentially a higher pay rate over something else. And so they have to be competitive. I was right. talking right. the other day and I was like, we have so much room for advocacy for ourselves you know, not that I ever want it to be a power struggle between us and the companies, but, you know, back to my CFI when I had 83 kids and I'd tell my director, I have too many kids. This is too many. I, I can't handle this. I don't have time for assessments. And they were like, sorry, continue on. And I was like, where's that support? Right. But, you know, when it's like, we don't have someone else to fill your job, you know, how do they, we support to keep our employees happy? And so, right. you know, legislation can take a while to cap caseloads, but if we're like, Hey, I, I can speak up for myself now and say, hey, we need to bring on SLPAs or telepractice or something to support this, I think is um, a huge piece for us now. 
Yeah. I keep on hearing people like use the phrase when they're frustrated with not being able to get people in of people just don't want to work anymore. And I get Mm -hmm. so frustrated with that because I think that we're just all at a point where we want to work in a way that works for us (laughs) and not like what we've been doing. And I think that the pandemic kind of just made us realize that it doesn't have to be done the way that it's always been done. Like, why Mm -hmm. do I need to go into the office for this? You know, and so I think that that just gave us like a bargaining chip and a wake up call to be like, yes, I want to work. I, I love my job. I love to provide for my family and and go and provide for these kids but i'm gonna do it in a way that works for me and not just this cookie cutter that as someone has told me i have to do right right i remember in grad school the the question was do you want to work in the schools or the medical setting and that was like right that's it yeah and now it's like you know i could you know potentially if i were working part-time for a remote company and then going in person for another company and picking up part-time hours on the weekend like there's so many different areas that you can be in now and i think that's yeah. i think it's beautiful and hopefully attracts more people to the profession as well to be like you know it's not just those two options now you can do different things and you can change mid career as well that's right there's i think that that sums up everything it's you know there's so many options now mm-hmm. that if you're if you're not happy, there's something else out there. Um, so so Annie, how can people reach out to you, get involved, or or list something on the job board, or peruse the job board? Yeah, so you know we kept it simple. Website is just jobsfortherapist.com. Um, you can check it out. You can see what we have. You don't necessarily have to sign up if you don't want to. Um, you can just keep an eye on us. We're on LinkedIn, Jobs for Therapist as well. Mm-hmm. You can follow us along there. We post you know, hot jobs there that, you know, get posted, you know, we love it when companies post their salary range as well. So we're always advocates for that and, you know, making sure we keep that clear and transparent with that. So LinkedIn is a great place to connect with us. We're on Instagram too. Um, have some funny reels of, you know, just the realities of being a speech therapist and working with kids and whatnot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you're, if you're into that, um, but if you ever have any questions, you can always reach out to me at jobsfortherapist at gmail.com. Again, super simple. We're kind of the same across the board. Um, but it's, mm-hmm. it's me responding to the email. So I'm always happy to connect with, um, professionals or, you know, recruiters that are looking for professionals in our field. But if you're a new grad and you want to, you know, learn more, just talk about your resume and, you know, and talk about how you can prepare yourself for an interview. I'd be happy to, you know, jump on a call with you. Awesome. Well, good luck with everything you're doing. It sounds exciting. And, um, and you have to come back in another six months or a year and just give us an update on how things are going. I would love to do that. <laughs> well, that was Annie Mork. Thank you again, Annie, for joining us on the podcast. Good luck with all of your telepractice work. But also, I'm really excited for your new website, www.jobsfortherapist.com. So if you are someone interested in looking for a new position, go check it out. If you have a position you want to advertise, go check it out you can uh, use her services. So uh, congratulations, Annie, on the new business and good luck with everything you're doing. And thank you guys for joining us on the podcast. If you don't mind, always, please rate, review, subscribe, follow or share this episode and this podcast with your colleagues, friends, neighbors, and countrymen, whoever you think would like to hear more information about speech-language pathology, allied health, 
and, of course, telepractice. And with that, we'll be back again next week with another new episode. Until then, be safe and be kind. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network.